0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Up. you might see me move. Hello,
2: everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Help for HD Live. Help for HD Live is brought to you by Help for HD International and is made possible by our sponsors. Teva Pharmaceuticals, and the Griffin Foundation. Today we have a special show around this time of year, Help Race International. We always come together and we talk about the holidays and talk about what our families are having to go through um, through this time of year. And I think that's what's kind of special about Help Breach International is that we are constantly talking as our executive team and our executive board about what our families are going through this time of year. And that's kind of how we've been able to come up and develop programs to support our community through this time. Uh, We came up with last year uh, the food program because we knew people weren't able to afford Christmas and Thanksgiving dinner. And then we, you know, Sharon Thomason, her family uh, struggled with buying gifts for their son and so um, her husband with Huntington. So we came up with the toy program. And so I think it's because through our experiences and our journeys navigating through the holiday season is why we are able um, as a company to come up and find ways to really support um, our family and our HD community. This year uh, we kind of came up with this theme that I I don't even know if it's, um, if the theme was – it just kind of fell out of the sky on us, um, and that was that we wanted to um, – find, we wanted to help families navigate through these holiday seasons by giving them ideas and different things. Um, I know my husband, I don't share openly, is in a care facility, and I went to the doctor, um, Dr. Vicki Wheelock, who is amazing, and asked her, how am I going to get through this holiday season? And she talked, she told me I needed to find a new normal. I needed to create a new normal. And so we really started talking as a company about what that means. And uh, so we did last week the show with Dr. Bonnie Hennig-Trustman, and she talked about um, you know, she talked about everything from bringing down stress of the loved one, stress of the caregiver, talking to family members about Huntington's, also talked about financial aspects of HD during the holiday, you know, being living with financial devastation and how do you, how do you work with that. Um, and so it's a great show. You guys can go back and listen to it. Um, it's in the archives. But this week we decided to bring on our Help for HD International Executive Board and Executive Staff and talk a little bit about what we are living with and how we are going to spend our holiday season um, Uh, this year to show, one, maybe we can give you some ideas and things that we've come up with, um, being families impacted by HD, but also to show you you're not alone. We are a big community. They call us rare. We're not. We are a big community that is dealing um, with this time of year, and um, we may feel alone, but we are not alone. So I'm going to jump right into the show. I'm going to bring on our first um, guest, but we're really not guests this time. We're just um, our Help for HD talking together. The first person I'm going to bring on is Denise Hudgel. Denise is Help for HD International CFO and also the, exec, uh, the executive producer of Help for HD Live. So I know you hear usually Katrina Hamill or my and sometimes Sharon's voice during these shows, but what's going on in the back end of these shows is Denise Hudgel and she is um, super admin heavy and she does a brilliant job. So we're so thankful for her for so many different reasons. But, you know, as most people of our listeners know, Denise Hudgel's uh, son Aiden uh, lives with juvenile Huntington's disease. And so I think this is really important um, to talk about juvenile Huntington's disease because it's a whole different level when you're dealing with your child um, who is who is ill. So, Denise, welcome to the show.
3: Thanks, Katie. Yes, yeah, so let's so, talk about um, how. Um, as a lot of people, as she mentioned, my son Aiden has juvenile Huntington's disease. He's 12, and um, this year is quite a bit different than last year. He is now wheelchair and bed bound. Um, Last year, he wasn't at this time, so quite a bit has changed this year. We have to make um, a lot of accommodations as far as, you know, family coming here for Christmas. Um, We don't have a lot of places we can go that Aiden's comfortable going, so Um, Our family will be celebrating here. He'll have visitors in and out. He has a lot of friends um, that still come visit him and a lot of teachers and things like that. So we're going to probably have a bunch of different celebrations, small ones. Um, Aiden can't really handle big crowds anymore. So we'll have a few of his classmates come at a time or a couple of his teachers come at a time um, that will, they want to bring presents and they want to, you know, make sure that he knows that he's not forgotten since he can't go to school anymore. So, We'll be doing that. Unfortunately, um, part of our holiday season will be spent in the hospital. Uh, Aiden has a surgery that's scheduled on December 26th. So the day after Christmas, we will be heading to the hospital and we will most likely spend our New Year's in the hospital. So while he's recovering, I'm hoping to come home on New Year's Day. So while we will be celebrating Christmas, we will also be probably a little anxious and nervous just about his surgery and uh, getting ready to head to the hospital on that Tuesday morning. So um, things have changed quite a bit, so and I know that I have a lot of my j h uh, d moms that are also experiencing some of this stuff, and other moms that I know are out there, probably, and dads that um aren 't as active in the community and I hope that some are listening, knowing that uh as Katie said, you guys are not alone we're we're struggling too and um but we just try to figure out how to make Aiden happy every day, but especially at christmas he's still Loves Santa, and he's expecting Santa to bring him some stuff on Christmas Day. So, um, we will, you know, uh, make some time around that and make sure that he knows that uh, Christmas is just as much fun as it can be for him. So.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: And and tell me, because we know you have two other children, um, Mm -hmm. and so how how does that work? Because I know that with that, Aiden takes. And immense amount, you know, a lot of care and mm-hmm. sometimes he may not wake up at Christmas morning. He may not, you know, mm-hmm. and, so how do you, how do you deal with that, um, with you know, having multiple children during the holidays? Well, my
3: old, Aiden's older siblings are, um, 18 and 16 now, so they actually are a great big help. Um, they have had to grow up quite a bit over these last, uh, eight years that Aiden has been sick and so they've missed out on a lot of, um, Stuff over the years. Now, over the last couple of years, uh, especially my 16-year-old, she likes to do Santa. She likes to play Santa and do those things and help me out um, and play that role. Um, I have a couple of really amazing kids um, that are very supportive of Aiden. And they're, they're, they're your typical uh, teenagers, but they also, like I said, have grown up um, dealing with a sibling that is sick, and they have their own ways and feelings about um, Aiden and what they see um, but they're always here to make Aiden's day better, make um, the holidays special. So um, very lucky that um, I, uh, my kids are very understanding and have become very uh, empathetic, not only to their sibling who's sick, but um, I also see them be very empathetic with other kids that either have JHD or other kids that we have, some friends that have kids that are sick in other ways. So... Um, It's hard for them, but they have um, always tried to figure out how to navigate through that. And, you know, they both have come to me and some other family members on separate occasions with their own feelings about this, and I think sometimes they try to shield me from their feelings. Um, I've told them they don't have to, but um, they do um, because they know how much Aiden's care does take. Um, So I think that's important to know, too, is that... um, You know, I try to make sure that his siblings don't feel left out and haven't felt left out, but, you know, we're only human, and sometimes I'm sure that they do feel that way. So um, I think one of the most important things is when you have to feel, you need to talk to them about it when you see something happening. You know, if you see a sad look on their face or just approach it, talk to them about it. Um, Holidays are stressful anyway, I think, for everybody. Um, You know, it's it's a busy time. Everybody wants to see their families, and then you add something like this Um, into the mix, and it makes it even worse. So I think just making sure that communication is open between all the family members that are um, essentially caring for that person with HD or JHD, um, that communication is is open, and everybody can feel comfortable talking about what is bothering them or talking about what is sad. Because I think sometimes um, communication gets shut off because we don't want to hurt the person's feelings or we don't want to um, make them sad. And while that's noble, it's also kind of hurtful for the person that's holding back those feelings, so um, communication is definitely a key aspect of the holidays, yeah. I would say Yeah Well, I um,
2: he, he's just such a I, Aiden's just such a love, and <laughs> I can't wait to see his smiles on Christmas, and um, I mean he's just, this is not fair um, we talk about not fair a lot in this community but mm-hmm. JHD is 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 definitely beats everything. To see a child suffer and endure pain and have to go the day after Christmas in for surgeries and I mean I'm not going to get into Denise's personal business but I'm sure uh, this is really horrible what's happening happening with Aiden and who's dealing with an immense amount of pain and suffering right now and this should never happen to a child ever. But definitely it just brings a whole different thing during the holidays when you see these these. Commercials of children happy and running around and playing in snow. Mm -hmm. You know how much of that is reality? Who knows? But one thing is, a child should not be having to go into a hospital the day after Christmas.
3: That's not absolutely. And it's uh, not. And uh, it's definitely a difficult um, illness. And I've seen HD too. You know, so I know that both of them are difficult. And I see a lot of. Um, our families with the JHD that they're dealing with and stuff. So I just hope that uh, the JHD families know that um, Help for HD is here for them as um, well and that they can reach out to any of us anytime. Um, I try to make that make sure that our families know that, that they can reach out to me on Facebook and my email and other ways if they even just need somebody to vent to because um, we've been dealing this, with this for eight years, and um, it's definitely a hard road. But um, I think the JHD and HD community is a very – uh, supportive accepting community and help for HD um, you know we try our best to make sure that everybody knows that we are here for them as well so um, just for all the JHD families listening and um, if you need anybody to talk to or you need any advice or I will do my best to try and give it to you or if I don't I will find somebody that can so um, I'm usually always available on Facebook <laughs> yeah okay so, um, I'm gonna
2: I'm gonna bring in um, our next guest because we're gonna keep on the JHD. Uh, we're gonna keep talking about children living with JHD and families impacted by HD. Uh, JHD, I'm sorry uh, for the beginning part of this show. So I would like to bring on Stacy Sargent. Stacy, are you there?
1: Yes, I'm here.
2: Hi there. <laughs> we so Stacy. Um, Stacy is uh, one of our directors. Of uh, she helps us with the JHD. She helps us with so many of our um, of our events. And, um, we, we love Stacey. Stacey had a really, really rough year a couple of years ago. And I know that this is a really hard week for you. So thank you for agreeing to come on with us. Um, so Stacy lost Corey, um, around this time this week. And, um, so I kind of, if we could kind of talk about Stace, how you're ever since you have lost your child, like, how you celebrate the holiday season because there's a huge loss now in that family.
1: There is. And honestly, I can't tell you what I did the first year. Um, You know, we lost Corey uh, two years ago yesterday. So um, we had already planned to do our normal family gatherings, which were, Christmas for us was always spread out amongst a week's time because Corey, like Aiden, he couldn't take, you know, long crowds. He couldn't take long-distance rides. Um, so we often, years, you know, probably two or three years ago, started splitting up the holidays where, okay, you get to see us on Christmas Eve. This person gets to see us Christmas. This person gets to see us the day after, Um The first Christmas two years ago is a complete blur. Um, I don't remember Christmas. Last year, um, the grief was just so heavy knowing that that anniversary was coming up. I didn't have the energy to put up, I didn't put up a tree the year he passed because we were actually supposed to do that the weekend he passed, um, And last year, I just, I I couldn't get the energy. Um, Anytime I tried to get the boxes, I would just break down in tears. Um, So my husband told me not to worry about it. We bought a small Charlie Brown tree, put it on the table, and called it Christmas. And this year, I was going to attempt to put up a tree um, and actually found... um, a much smaller tree than what I wanted, That it hangs on the wall. And I got out all the angel ornaments that people have gotten me since Corey's passing, and all my angels of Corey are on that tree. So that's how we're remembering Corey this year.
2: I can't um, even imagine. Um, I'm going to start crying, and I typically try not to cry on the show. Um <laughs> um, So um, So um, Your daughter Is your daughter coming home this Christmas?
1: Yes Her um, As everyone may or may not know She got engaged in um, June And um, Her Fiance's family normally celebrates On Christmas Eve um, So that does Save her for our traditional Christmas morning um, but even as Denise You know said you know, Aiden doesn't Or Corey didn't wake up until noon So she had sort of gotten used To being the older sister um, We'd get up Late, sleep in Do breakfast and wait for him to wake up Before we opened presents And um, So that's sort of our new normal As we were talking the other day And she said, well, Mom, I'll, I'll come home, you know, by lunchtime, because you know, that's the time we've gotten used to opening presents in you know, the immediate family. So she will be home along with her her fiancé, who's, who's a great young man, um, and his family lost a daughter to Sid. So um, knowing that she's marrying into a family that understands um there's there's a whole present this time of year it it I, I I couldn't be more blessed
2: yeah and um so you were talking about doing you know having the angels up and stuff and so I think that this is um this is a whole nother thing that you could talk with JHD or HD is that once the journey is you know once the journey is over and we lose our loved ones this time of year I think it hits us that they are not, I mean, it hits us with us, I'm sure, when you lose a child every single day of your life. But this time of year, I'm sure you remember things, and he's no longer there. Do you guys talk about stuff, and do you talk about old memories around this time that Corey, like, how do you guys get through that?
1: Our favorite Christmas memory of Corey is uh, when he was probably eight or nine years old, he found the hamster that. Santa Claus was bringing him in my closet um, He had gotten quiet And I, I was so upset at first Because I had so wanted to surprise him But uh, we go—we always typically let him open a present On Christmas Eve anyway So that was his one present that he got to open And, um, and honestly that's how I, I want to remember Corey too You know for Christmas Because for the last probably three or four years you know being bedridden and ridden, um he couldn't open his own presents even if people put them in a bag he did not have the hand dexterity to reach in and open his own presents so i was having to open them for him and uh for a child um i know that takes some of the fun of christmas you know out of it for him um even though if if it something did come wrapped, I tried to rip the paper and make a big mess, you know, and do it like he would do it instead of um being all neat and organized but but yeah we um that's my favorite Christmas memory of Cory and um perry's and you know is the the year that he got his punching bag um, Kristen's favorite memory. Um, she said last year was when he got Herbie, uh the hamster. So yeah, we we do we do talk about him and I put um one of the presents that he wasn't able to open last year, um, under the tree as well. So that um we feel he's there. He he's he's got a gift under the tree, even though he can't open it. Um And then, like I said, I just, I I surround myself with the angels that people have, have given me. And so for people to remember, other people outside the family, to remember him this time of year also, um, helps. Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: So, um... Anyone who's listening that is a family impacted by um, JHD, you have two amazing resources. You guys, your community is so. I always, uh, I actually just um, talked about JHD uh, with uh, last week on film, and the one thing that I can say is that you guys are the most resilient, amazing women that I know. Uh, but the one thing is the community is so strong and it's so supportive. So if there is any listeners out there that that don't um, have a place to go that are living with a family, uh, a child that uh, is dealing with juvenile Huntington's disease. You can always call Denise Hudgel or Stacy Sargent. They make themselves open and available to everyone. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them all over social media, but you can also always email them. Uh, both of them have Help for HD International uh, emails, and it's just their first name um, at helpforhd.org. So Denise at help 4 org, Stacy at help 4 org. The only difference with Stacy is she does have an E in her name. So S-T-A-C-E-Y um, at help 4 <laughs> and, um, and you guys can contact them at any time. And um, I know they've helped so many so many families, uh, help navigate through so many different parts of families living with juvenile Huntington's disease. So thank you both for uh, coming on and sharing your story I am going to move over um, a little bit and talk to some uh, people from Help for HD that are living with their loved ones with Huntington's disease. Um, and so um, I'm going to start with Vicki Owen. Are you there? I'm here. Vicki. Sorry, I had you mute. I have everyone Come muted on. out, so it takes a minute for the phones to catch up. Hello. So, um what, the well, I, I'm bringing on Vicki first because we want to get her in and out because Vicki is hosting a Help for H D International support group Christmas party tonight. Um, so I know she is busy running around getting ready um, for that. So, uh, Vicki, can you share with us a little bit? I know you're having a really hard time this holiday season with Tom. So can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing this holiday season?
4: Well, um, not a lot, <laughs> We, As you know, we've just moved recently, and financially, it took a big toll on us. And Tom is like a child with Christmas. He loves gifts. He loves lights. He loves the Christmas tree. And I wasn't going to put a tree up this year because of our financial situation, but I decided soup for a week wouldn't be so bad if I could get him a tree. And every day he gets up, he wants to see the lights on the tree first thing. So I think that's you know, it's important to keep him happy because um, I know he's progressing and probably next year won't be aware. So um going to make this year as good as I can.
2: Yeah, and I think that, um, I think it's, it's. Um, I think it's very cool that Tom is, from what I'm hearing, he wants to know when Christmas is every day. He wants to know. and yeah, these are things I think, <laughs> I think these are things we have to remember is that even though sometimes if our our loved one is asking us when Christmas is, when Christmas is, and stuff, and we're just like, Christmas is in a couple of days or they're driving us crazy, one day we're not going to be able to hear that. We're not going to be able to right. see what you were saying next year <laughs> One day we're not going to be able to hear when is Christmas. So I think it's really important for us to kind of just take that in and and treasure it because we don't know when we're going to lose it, right?
4: This is true. This is so true. And that's what he does every day. Is it Christmas yet? (laughs) presents under the tree, that's Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and and a
2: lot of times, you know, you are, you do have an older daughter that you, you know, most people would be traveling to see family. Right, they would be traveling to right. see their their daughter. Uh, you can't,
4: right? You can't get up no, and travel we with Tom. Cannot. That.
2: Yeah, no. So Christmas has to no. change.
4: so it's yeah, it did, and you know we'll we'll be alone for Christmas, but that's okay. Um, we'll you know, I know my daughter has already called and said, what can I, what kind of presents can I get Tom that will make him happy. So I said, anything, any place that sells gift cards makes
1: milkshakes.
4: (laughs) (laughs) He loves his milkshakes. So I said, just pick a place or two, you know, and and, uh, he can take his little gift card. And he loves to pay for things. And uh, that's the best way for him because he can't, you know, he can't handle money any longer so gift cards are good for him and he feels like that he's paying for things so I said that's the best thing so go for it put those little boxes yeah. under the tree and give him lots to wrap unwrap and he'll be happy yeah now
2: tell me Vicki does Tom's family have like because I know he has extended family do they ever give you a hard time for not bringing him around around the holidays or anything or have they
4: how does that work? His well, no, his, both of his children live out of town. One lives in Kansas. Um, one lives in Ohio. And they know that he can't travel now. So, you know, if it, I leave it up to them to come see him, which they don't. And um, his, you know, brother lives, does live in Florida, but he always goes to Colorado for, to his daughters for Christmas every year. So... Really, you know, it's just him and me And that's okay I mean, you know, we still have our little ham dinner He likes ham for Christmas It's always been his thing And and we go out and ride around the neighborhoods And look at lights And, um, you know, I still take him to the mall And push him around in his wheelchair And let him listen to Christmas carols (laughs) So I try to keep it as normal for him as I can I know, you know, he doesn't enjoy it as much as he used to. He doesn't like to go out of the house. Sure. He's used to his routine. So, but Christmas is definitely his favorite time of year. It always has been. Um, I even forced myself to put outside lights up for him, <laughs> although we're still unpacking in our move. But, you know, I want well, like I said, I want to make off. him happy.
2: Sure, sure, but it all falls on you. You don't have someone to help you put up Christmas lights. You don't have someone to help you shop or or have someone to help you um, even unpack your house, right? Um, I think that us as caregivers, yeah, I think caregivers, we try to make the very best for our loved ones that we possibly can. Um, But I also think we need to be realistic with ourselves and know that we can't run ourselves completely down. Um, I think that we, you know, everything falls on us and we try really hard to make everything perfect and everything, you know, for our loved ones to make them happy. But I think that really it's important to watch caregivers this time of year and, and make realistic
4: expectations on yourself um, so you don't get sick or ran down. That, that's right. That, that's really true. I don't, I don't, I tend not to um, take care of myself as well as I should. I know I should. Because if something happens to me, there's no one here to take care of him. I was thinking about that today, actually. And I thought, you know, you've got to start thinking about what you need to do to keep yourself healthy. So. That needs to be all of our
2: resolu- New Year's resolutions. Although none of us it will really do it,
4: it but does. it needs to be our resolution. No, so yeah, <laughs> you know, because we don't have time. and We don't think about it. You know, we think more. Like you said, we think more about our patient than we do our ourselves. So,
2: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right, Vicky. Well, thank you for coming on and talking to us. I know you have a million things to do. Have such a great time tonight with all of everyone at the Help for HD International Tampa Support Group, which is a great group of people. Right. And um, I'm sure you guys will have fun. And I want to see pictures.
4: Okay, I'll take hmm. pictures and I'll send them on to you. And everybody, have a merry Christmas. And, yeah. You uh, I'll too. Talk to you again soon. Give thanks, give Katie. Love okay, we'll do Bye-bye. um
2: all right. bye um okay, so next, I am going to bring on our Vice President of operations at Health for H d International, Katrina Hamel. are you there? I'm here <laughs> so Katrina has lived in a family impacted by h d her whole entire life, um everything from her grandma to her mother um, she was born into a family uh, an h d family and um, has lived with it for literally how many years, Katrina?
5: Um, Symptoms were showing when I was about seven or eight, and I'm
2: now 35, so that long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she has been, um, so she has a lot of experience when it comes to changes around this time of year and just changes in general within the family dynamics when a family is impacted by HD. So why don't you tell us about your Christmas, um, and what you were planning on doing with Bub. Yeah, absolutely. So um,
5: growing up, um, my as Katie kind of said, my Christmases were just kind of a little different, and I never really knew um, what to expect, which, you know, a lot of kids don't really. But some kids get into traditions and, and things like that. Um, and so our family had a lot of little traditions that didn't cost money, but, you know, things like making a gingerbread house and uh, decorating sugar cookies and um, things like that. So as I got older, I noticed that some of those traditions kind of dissipated and became obsolete. So um, as I got older, I kind of missed those things growing up. I missed um, doing the sugar cookies or, you know, my mom would literally make so many sugar cookies, because that was our gift to people, because it was a cheap holiday gift. Make a bunch of sugar cookies, a bunch of fudge, and that's what everyone got. Um, And as I got older, I really missed it, because she stopped doing fudge. Then she made cookies, but not very many. And then it just kind of – and I know that seems very, like, um, kind of minor, but to a child and somebody kind of um, developing, you're just not really sure as to why when Huntington's isn't really brought up in your – Household. So anyhow, looking back, I see, um, you know, what and why that is. And now moving forward, I try and – and I think that's why in my household now I'm so big on traditions. You know, the little kids in my family get like a Christmas ornament each year. Um, you know, we do the advent calendars. We do the sugar cookies, you know, and every year it's pretty much the same. And now – going forward i have bub who is my older brother kevin um everyone calls him bub and he does not have a wife or children and i am his caregiver and um he does holidays with me and every year it's just been kind of starting december 1st or maybe even right after thanksgiving it becomes this hey, what are we doing for the holidays? Hey, what are we doing for the holidays? Very repetitive, very, um, you know, stuck on it. And so nothing's changed this year. I'm already getting the phone calls and he wants to know who's coming, when people are coming, things like that. Um, Even if I tell him, you know, for sure it's only going to be the five of us in this house and yourself. He still will ask me two days later who's coming. So it's, it's um, an ongoing conversation about the holidays and I'm not complaining whatsoever I'm I'm happy that he's still interested because I know there are a lot of families out there um and I'm, and I'm sure Sharon will go into this more but I'm, there are a lot of families out there that their loved ones don't want to participate or um just like the um uh, the, the families with children with JHD, how you know the stimulation and things like that are an issue so um, I am very thankful that Kevin is still wanting to come over and participate in all of those things. Um, it's just he really perseverates on on details and um what it is we're gonna do so this year, the plan is basically like every year. I pick him up on Christmas Eve morning and we spend the day together. They open my kids open one present, but now that's turned into my kids and Bub open. One present, and then um, they get some jammies, including Bub, and then um, he spends the night. And we open up, you know, presents from Santa the next morning, um, which he also gets presents. So it's kind of interesting. Um, You know, he doesn't obviously get as much as my children do, but he's a big part of it because who else is going to get him presents? Um, My dad is always um, on the oil rigs during the holidays, so. It is um, me and my kids who bring happiness to um, Bub's Christmas morning, and I'm, again, very grateful and thankful that he still wants to participate. Um, I know that I'm starting to rethink things because, um, you know, he sleeps in, and I do have a seven-year-old, so I'm trying to figure out how to do that. My seven-year-old is all about Santa, and he's all about waking up at 6 a.m., and coming to open presents and um so i'm gonna have to figure that out navigate that a little bit see if i'm you know going to be waking kevin up or if we're waiting or you know just kind of making sure that he also has a good experience because as his disease progresses he's not going to be having um as enjoyable of a christmas as he is now so just trying to think about all those things and it does weigh heavy on my mind of just making sure that um it works for him, and it works for the kids, and it all kind of um, works out for everyone. So everyone can enjoy their holiday. Um, and during this holiday, um, he's actually moving into a like a housing unit that's run by the state. So he will be um, moving in about two weeks. So right about Christmas time, he's going to be. Um, moving So that is taking a little bit of his attention and a little bit of organization on my part and um, making sure he has what he needs. So there's a lot going on, but, um, you know, we are definitely making the best of it. So um, I don't think there's a whole lot going on in our in our um, Christmas holiday, just trying to keep things um, traditional like my mom did when she was healthier and making sure to pass that on to my kids. So I think that's about
2: all we'll be will be up to yeah and um yeah it's it's so hard like figuring it out like when there's kids involved too like because you know i know that your kids just love bub he's like part of the family and so you want to try to keep all that going for them as well because they love being with their uncle um right
5: yeah i mean he's been
2: in their lives since day one and we've always either
5: lived together or lived five minutes from each other. There's never been much separation. So he's been at every basketball game, football game, holiday celebration. And because holidays are always basically at my house, he's always there. Um, so yeah. I know my kids, would,
0: yeah.
5: they're going to feel that loss when he's not able to
2: participate. I know that for sure. Of course. Yeah. Um, So I am just going to talk a little bit about um, what I'm doing this Christmas, and, and then we will bring in Sharon uh, Thomason to wrap it up and talk about what she is doing as well as talk about some articles that have come out and that will be coming out soon. Um, so my husband, I don't talk too openly about this, and I probably should more, uh, but uh, seven months ago, almost eight months ago now, my husband was put into a care facility, and um, we have three young children, Macy's um, Macy's five. Cooper's going to be 12, Madison, my daughter's 15. And I went into, like I said in the beginning of the show, The Doctor, and kind of asked, you know, how do I do this this year? How do I – when we placed Mike, I didn't realize that the holidays – I never thought – you don't think about that. So as the holidays started to approach – I really started kind of thinking, how am I going to do this? Am I going to bring him home? Are we going to go to the care facility? Um, and what I've decided to do um, this year is, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of advice from, from com- my community and my family, my HD family, not my, my you know, extended family, but um, and also from medical professionals um, on what I should do. And, and I've kind of taken all that advice and, and wrapped around my head on kind of a plan um, of what I was going to do. And so Thanksgiving actually worked out really well. Uh, he was ha- having a really good day, and I was able to bring him home. And so he was able to spend uh, Thanksgiving here, and um, it was hard. He choked through the whole thing. I think he shocked family members. Um, I saw family members start crying as he you know, choked up his food and it went all over the, the table. Um, but I also think that it was important for them to see uh, what Mike is having to to go through, and um, and also for them to just see Mike and enjoy Mike, and and Mike enjoyed them. It was challenging for everyone that was in the room, um, I'm sure, but mostly for Mike. But he held it together and he did a good job, and um, and I sat by his side the whole time and helped him eat and helped him do what he wanted to do. His plate, you know, I, I put. He can barely talk, um, so I knew what he wanted, so I put his favorite food on his plate. Um, and helped him eat it, and it seems like he had a good time. Sometimes it's hard to tell, but I I think he had a really good time. Um, So for Christmas, I'm kind of planning on doing the same thing. I'm not putting any expectations forward. Um, I'm going to see how Mike's doing, um, and if Mike is doing well, then I'm going to bring him home, and um, I'll bring him home for uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas so he can wake up with his children Christmas Day and watch them open their presents. Um, if he's not doing well, then we will readjust, and I will pack up my car with all the presents, and we'll go to the care home, and we will do it there. Um, so I think right now this year, um, next year I know I'm going to have to have a different plan if Mike is still with us, um, and I know that that's going to change. But for this year, this is my plan, and um, and so um, I was given some really good advice by a medical professional to to, to change your normal to to maybe it's going to a be going to the. A, you know, going on a vacation around Christmas time or going somewhere and doing something different for my children um, so they aren't mourning the loss of what used to be with their dad around the holidays, um, you know, and, and how I'm going to do that, I don't know, uh, but I'm just going one day at a time. So that's kind of how I'm playing the holiday seasons. I guess The holiday season is just one day at a time with no expectations. That way I don't get hurt or sad or or, um, and Mike doesn't, and my children don't. So we're going one day at a time uh, right now. So I am going to bring in Sharon Thomason. Sharon, are you there?
0: I am here.
2: All right, so Sharon, Sharon is, I can hear you. Sharon is our Director of Education at Health Race International, also is part of our Executive uh, Board, it sits in as our Secretary. And um, she is all these amazing articles that you see on the Huntington Post, um on resilience and 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 grief and all these are coming uh from sharon uh she just put out an amazing article about the, navigating through the holiday season and she's getting ready to put out another one that's going to i think it's going to be very helpful for our community so um sharon i am going to let you wrap up the show talking maybe about a little bit about christmas past and what you're doing with christmas this year and then also a little bit about the article that's going to be coming out
0: yeah. okay um Christmas has has been uh, a, a challenging thing to navigate in our family for about 30 years now. Um, when my ex-husband was was still here and was sick, um, there was a Christmas, it was the last Christmas here, and I guess... Randy was probably four years old, and um, Paul got real real drunk and fell into the Christmas tree and on top of all of the packages. and um, shortly after that, he moved out, and um, there were some incidents where um, we we had uh, shared custody. Of, of Randy, but he uh, had specific days, and I had specific days, and we had everything worked out about how we were going to split the holidays. But you know, with Huntington's, uh, people don't, they just always get that, you, you know, they it doesn't stick. These, these plans that are made and these, these rules that you're supposed to live by. And so we had some incidents where he uh, essentially kidnapped Randy. And I'm sitting there on Christmas Eve day and I'm making presents and not knowing where my child is. And I'm sitting there sewing and crying and sewing and crying and, you know, um, so, Christmas has a a lot of um, a lot of buried, tough memories. You know, there are things that I, I don't really think about um, consciously, but there are things that are that are there subconsciously that I think still affect me around this time of year, and. Um, I just sometimes have a really hard time dealing with the holidays uh we've We've run the gamut of, of how how we've done it after After Paul got really sick and was in a nursing home, we would bring him home to his mother's and we'd have Christmas over there, and that usually went pretty well. And uh, the last Christmas, when he just really wasn't able to to go anywhere, we had Christmas at the nursing home. Um, He and his youngest brother were in the same room together in the nursing home, and so we celebrated Christmas with them. And then uh, his youngest Paul Paul passed away, and then two years later, his youngest brother died on Christmas Eve, and so that's another thing that makes Christmases tough. You know, you you have these memories, and you may not think about them consciously, but but they're they're there in the background, and and they affect how how you feel on Christmas. And so what I try to do is to just make myself get up and put one foot in front of the other and go ahead and um, try to have as, as normal a Christmas as possible. And that changes year to year. You know, now my son has Huntington's, and the, the big thing that he struggles with is anxiety. And so he can't leave the house. Yes. Um, we used to go over to my mother's and have a big family Christmas on Christmas Eve and uh, do that anymore. Um, and my mother has moved to Indiana with my my sister, so they're not here for Christmas this year anyway Um we used to go out and and cut a Christmas tree, and it it was so much fun to go out and and pick out the perfect tree and cut it down, and, you know, Randy can't do that now, and so uh, my partner, Sam, and I went to a store that sells Christmas trees, and We picked out a Christmas tree and had it put in the stand and brought it home, and it's sitting here now. And I know that I need to put the lights on it and put the ornaments. And Randy used to do the lights, and then I'd do the ornaments, but um, he doesn't do that anymore. So, you know, things change gradually um, from one year to another Um, at, at Thanksgiving, we were going to have a big family celebration with uh, at Sam's sister's house in Panama City, which is about a hundred miles from from where we live. And Randy was going to go. And at the last minute, the day before Thanksgiving, he couldn't go. And so, given was already planned and the cooking and everything and um, I tried to talk Randy into going and he wouldn't do it. And so I was so torn because I didn't want him to be alone for Thanksgiving, but he said he would rather be alone. And so we all went and had Thanksgiving in Panama City. And then the day after Thanksgiving, I cooked another turkey and dressing and I brought it home for Randy so that he would have Thanksgiving. And so that, that was the new normal this year, and for Christmas, I know not to plan to go anywhere else, so we're just going to have a quiet Christmas here. He'll open one gift on Christmas Eve. We used to go to um a church service at at midnight on christmas and He can't do that anymore, so we we won't do that. But we'll have uh, carols. We'll have um, one gift to open, and hopefully it'll be cold enough that we'll have a fire in the fireplace, and um, we'll just have our quiet little Christmas. And then on Christmas Day, whatever time he gets up, which sometimes is four or five o'clock in the afternoon then we'll have Christmas. And I'll put Christmas dinner and we'll probably have it uh, Christmas night instead of middle of the day again because he he sleeps so late. So that's that's what our new normal has become. And, you know, it's okay because he still enjoys it. He told me, uh, a couple of days ago, how much he just loves Christmas, and he does. But he he'll, he'll love Christmas here at home. We we used to go to there's a, a park here, uh, Dorothy Oven Park, that has a beautiful Christmas light and walk through, and see all the lights. And we used to enjoy doing that. Um, He won't do that this year. I hope I can get him to get in the car and we'll drive around. The local newspaper publishes a a map of homes that have real pretty Christmas displays. And so I've got that map loaded on my phone and I I hope that I can get him to, to ride around in the car and look at the lights because that's something he used to enjoy so much I can remember when he was a, a little kid and mom and I took him driving around town to look at the lights and he was so excited that he fell asleep standing up in the back of the car <laughs> so I know yeah. that he loves to do and I, I yeah,
3: hope,
0: I hope we can do that this year and enjoy it so,
3: yeah,
2: you know Sharon i can we um I wanted to talk a little bit about the article that you have coming out because i it's so i think it's I know it's kind of jumping the gun because it's not out yet, but let's talk about what it's going to cover because I think it's so important what this article is talking about
0: uh, yeah, this is. Huge. This is something that we used to struggle with with Paul so much. What do you do about Christmas gifts for someone who is living in a care home? Um, What do you do for Christmas gifts for someone who is wheelchair or bed bound at, at home? You know, there are really limitations on what kind of things you can get them that they'll be able to enjoy and we struggled with that with Paul you know there, there was a, a just a limited amount of things that that he could enjoy so someone asked this the other day on Facebook and people started giving all kinds of these really neat ideas of things that, that they have done or are doing for their loved ones. And so I'm putting together an article with these suggestions of, of things that that you can do. And there are some fabulous ideas in there. And I hope I'm going to have the article ready to, to push out tonight. If not, it will go out tomorrow. Um, One of my favorite ideas, somebody is going to the Build-A-Bear workshop. And for anyone who's never been to Build-A-Bear, you choose a stuffed animal that you want to make. And you can put inside of it a little device that has a recording of, of, of a voice on it. What they're going to do um, is some siblings that are doing this for their mother. And they're each going to record their voice on this little device and put it inside the stuffed animal so that their mother can hear their voices on this bear or whatever the animal is that they choose to make. And I thought that was just the sweetest idea. Um gonna have a lot of things and yeah. like that. Just really yeah, and I think of that out of the box.
2: Yeah. I think that we also think with our H D loved ones how, you know, we don't know if you know, sometimes we don't know if they are enjoying something. But, you know, the one thing I, I do I've seen across the board is if they hear our voices in the care home I've seen this with families visiting people and also in my situation, they light up when they get to hear our voice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one thing, I think there's a misconception that people with HD, it's not like an Alzheimer's dementia where they forget who you are. Um, Everyone that I've known with Huntington has known their loved ones right to the very end I I know from stories that that's not true of every single person with Huntington's but in general they do know who you are and they recognize faces and they recognize voices and so gifts that incorporate those things are, are very meaningful especially at this time of year yeah absolutely well,
2: everyone look for that article to come out. That's going to be a great article. If you haven't read the other article about navigating through the holiday season, it is on our website, wwwhelp Remember to always follow us on Facebook and Instagram and uh, follow, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and like us on Facebook. That way um, all these articles are always announced and different programs we're running for the holidays and programs in general throughout the year are always posted on those platforms. Um, as well as, please let us know if you want to get on our email list, and you can always go to our contact us page at the website www.helpforhd.org if you'd like us to add you onto our email list to make sure we keep you updated on everything that's going on in Help for HD. Um, thank you all for coming on the show today; it really meant so much. And um, I think that everyone listening, we are with you. We are families impacted by HD at Health for HD International, and um, you are not alone. We are all we are all dealing with the same thing this year, maybe at different levels. But um, the holidays may be a little hard, but know that there is a big community out there supporting you, and if you need anything, know Health for HD International is always here. You can always contact any of us uh, by our first names at healthforHD.org, or like I said, you can contact us through the website. Um, Next week we'll be having a show on Wednesday at 1 o'clock, same time, same place. We are going to be talking about uh, medical marijuana on that show. Uh, Please join us and tune in at that time. Until then, um, I am going to sign off. Um, Katie, 1
0: o'clock
2: Pacific time. Oh, Pacific time, 4 o'clock Eastern time. Yes. Um, And we will be – it will be a very interesting show, and we are excited for it. So please tune in for that show. And um, until then, everyone, please have a safe week. And uh, remember, all we can do is love each other. So love your, love, love your loved one through this holiday season. And, um, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.